Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Bella and we're here for another week, which is very exciting. I feel like now I'm in the good routine of recording on a Wednesday. Now I've got a full seven days of life updates to tell you about. And you know, actually it's not even Wednesday, so it's Tuesday. Forgot about that. I think ever since the bank holiday, my days is not correct. I feel, and also we get another bank holiday this weekend, which is crazy exciting. Although I feel like bank holidays when you're students are a bit like, hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because you can't really, like, if I don't do the work, I just, I'm the only one that misses out. It's not like I'm going to get a day off or I get paid or anything like that. It's just like, I just have to make up the work on Tuesday. But I've just been doing a little bit less. I've started writing my dissertation, which is exciting. Is it? No, it is exciting. And I've been planning Columbia as well, which is really, really exciting. I just need my application to go through and then we should be good to go. I'm really excited about it. The things we're going to do is going to be so cool. I'm going to go, I think, for two weeks and we're going to meet the health secretary. We're going to meet the health. We're going to do field work. We're going to catch some mosquitoes. It's going to be really cool and I'm really excited. I'm going with some really good friends as well. I think it's all in all going to be a great trip. I can't wait to do the podcast from Columbia. I'm going to have to work out how I'm going to do the content section. Might do an edited version of the podcast. It might just have to be like life update questions, new things, no content. No, I feel like that's... I'm just going to have to be very organised and record two content things before I go. I suppose that's what I did for Bali and that worked okay. I'm just worried because I won't be on my own in the room and like I don't want to be really awkward and be like, please, can you leave, please? Because I can't record around people. I can't record around anyone. I make my entire family stay downstairs because it's just... The thought of people listening makes me feel nervous and I don't know why. And it's really silly because there's literally like thousands of you listening. But I feel like it's not as scary. I feel like it doesn't count. But anyway, you'll be glad to know I am feeling much better. I'm feeling much happier. I'm feeling much more content with everything that's going on in my life. I think last week was a dip week, but we are on the way up. I think I'd been spending quite a lot of time on my own and I'd started to make myself feel really isolated. So then this weekend I made like proactively made plans with people so that I had things to look forward to. And I think that's really helped. And it sounds so stupid, doesn't it? Like I was feeling lonely and then I made plans and then I don't feel lonely anymore. But I think in that moment where you are feeling really lonely and you don't really feel like you have a lot around yourself, it can be really easy to cocoon yourself because you can just be like, right, I'm okay on my own. I don't need anyone And then you isolate yourself even more. And I think that mindset is good for a time being. But I don't think it's like the healthiest all of the time. Because especially when you do have people around you, sometimes you don't have people around you. And that's why that mindset has to kind of be the one that prevails. But I do have people around me right now. And so that wasn't a good mindset to kind of like sit in with my feelings. Sorry, I just need to move. My back is hurting. Um, I'm such an old lady. I needed to kind of accept my feelings and then like make proactive changes because I think sometimes I have a tendency to wallow I do have a tendency to wallow with things and kind of like not proactively solve them and so this was really good I made plans with my friend and we went to an art gallery on Saturday which I'll tell you more about in the new things I've done this week it was a brilliant gallery and I really enjoyed it and then I met some other friends friends, and we went for drinks on the Thames and then I came back and me and my housemate made pasta but the pasta machine is broken. We bought one, well she bought one off Facebook Marketplace or Depop or whatever, no it was eBay and it came broken and we'd already made the pasta so then we had to hand roll the pasta because we'd already decided we were having it for dinner. Um, and we made ricotta and it was delicious but now we have a new pasta machine so I'm hoping we can oh no she's not here this weekend ne- oh no not the weekend after oh my god we're not gonna be able to do it for three I suppose we can do it in the week there's nothing stopping us um and so we did that on Saturday night and then on Sunday what did I do on Sunday Sunday I did bits of work kind of did like little things here and there. I felt quite anxious on Sunday. I feel like I'm not very good at stepping away from work about having a bit of time off. Oh my God, I forgot on Saturday. It was literally like a heat wave. I got so badly sunburned. It was awful. I looked like a tomato, a very red tomato, but we move. And then yeah, on Sunday I did work, but I kind of felt quite anxious when I was doing it. And I think I really, yeah, I really struggle to when right when I'm doing things especially stuff with deadlines due in 
I really struggle to focus on the fact that I'm working on it right now and it doesn't have to be finished. I have a deadline on the 26th of May and all I'm doing is thinking about the deadline like it's 26 days away and I haven't started it yet. I've started the reading and I think that's good. It's just the actual kind of what I'm having to write. I have no experience of writing so it's definitely out of my comfort zone and that's a little bit intimidating and a little bit scary but it is the last one. It's the last assignment apart from my dissertation and that's exciting. Like it's exciting to be on the last thing now and I think I'm kind of taking the pressure off with the jobs. I'm applying for jobs. I've applied for two more. I haven't heard back yet. But I'm kind of taking the pressure off. Like, it's going to be okay. It's going to work out. I'm putting myself in the right positions. And I think you just have to take comfort in that fact that you're putting yourself in the right positions. I think when it's the future and you can't control the outcome, you don't know what's coming, you have to take comfort in the fact that you're doing everything right and that you can't control the outcome and that the only things you can control is what you're doing and you're doing everything right, you know? You're doing everything you could. I'm applying for the jobs, I'm working hard, I'm enjoying my time in London and I couldn't do any more. And I think there's also this thing of this term, I have more free time and it's allowing myself to have that free time, allowing myself to kind of breathe and not get so overwhelmed with everything and not have to push myself to the limit every single day. And it's an unsettling feeling because the entire term I have been pushing myself to the limit every single day. Like that calling job was a nightmare. Like guys finishing work at 11 p.m., getting up for the gym at like seven. I was exhausted, I was not thriving. And like having to do uni, it, it all in all was very stressful. Um, so now I'm like less stressed and I have more time to just be me. I feel like so many other things I'm able to do, the podcast stuff, like I'm actually posting stuff on time. I'm staying organised with shit. Like I've got the newsletter and I'm doing well with that. And like, I'm proud of myself for like allowing myself to have time. But this is the other thing in that because I have more free time, I feel like I'm kind of don't really know what to do with myself when I'm not working. I'm like, can I read a book right now or should I be working? Because realistically, this dissertation, like I have so much of it to do. I could do it forever and I keep reading other things and I'm like oh I should add that in I should add that in but it's kind of at the beginning stages still so it's hard to be writing already but sometimes I just need to get stuff going like I think people write in such different ways and the way that I write is like I read and write at the same time I feel like I'm telling a story and I'm researching and I write what I research as I go whereas other people read everything and then come up with their thoughts and then write it down but my brain doesn't work that way I think of too many things and I need to be like constantly following that path and I think that means that kind of like I just start writing straight away like I just I just start and then see where I go from there and so far it's going okay I have started the intro so that's exciting oh no my watch is recording me again it's really rude it needs to stop I don't I don't know why it started doing this I just rubbed my eye and I forgot I made hummus earlier and it had so much garlic in it and it hurt so much I have stopped buying hummus everyone this is probably the most boringest life update I could tell you right now but you don't need to buy it stop wasting your money get yourself a blender get yourself some chickpeas and olive oil blend it yourself you're literally playing for the use of a blender it's so easy and I'm a fan. I've been cooking a lot more recently, kind of like trying to eat more meals because I realised I was just kind of snacking. I was like eating things here and there. Like I was eating meals, but I was just snacking and I was always hungry. And so I've started like cooking more meals and that's been really helpful. And I feel like this is the other thing about letting myself relax and do other things. One of those other things is like cooking properly and eating properly. And that's so important. And also allow myself to like hang out with people. I don't know. I think I'm just being kinder to myself. I'm thinking I'm letting myself be actually more of a human than a robot, which is, you know, a good advancement because I am not a robot and eventually I just end up burning myself out. I think in terms of the gym, I've now found a good routine with it and I like the routine that I found with it. I'm doing one day's arms. I don't do this push-pull stuff that everyone else does. I just don't understand it. I just do what I like to do at the gym. So... I just use the machines that I like using because I think they're fun. And then I do abs and then I do legs and some type of ab thing. And then I go for a run and like those three different routines. And I try and do some cardio in each of the gym workouts. I think that's making me feel really happy and good and like 
proactive, you know, because I get bored if I go for runs every single day. And so I need to have the gym to kind of like spice things up a little bit to kind of like have a bit of a change of scenery. I've also realized I hate classes. Oh, I have a confession. I didn't go to the running thing on Sunday. <laughs> it does not happen. I woke up at 9 a.m. No, I didn't even wake up on time. I'd already decided the day before that that just wasn't something that was going to happen. I didn't want to wake up that early and go for a run when I could just go for a run on my own. I, I don't know if I like group exercise. I don't know if I enjoy group exercise. I think I'm slowly realising I like group everything other than exercise. I really like just working out on my own. I find it's like the only time that my brain properly switches off. And so I just don't think group exercise is for me and that's okay. It doesn't have to be for me. I'm allowed to not do it with everyone else. I think I just end up getting distracted and I also end up people pleasing, which is stupid, but like I'll run slower than I want to run or I'll like go on machines that I don't actually want to go on. I'll just spend the entire time chatting. And like for me, I need to get the workout done because I have other things to do. And so... I'm sorry, guys, I didn't make it to the thing. But, you know, I won't do it this week either. I was going to say this week's a new week, but it's not. I'm I'm never going to do it ever again. I'm not going to sign up for that. I've also missed the London Marathon sign up unintentionally. But maybe that was a blessing in disguise, you know. I was thinking about it. And the reality of training for a marathon is, like, quite a lot of effort. Half marathon was a lot of effort. And that was, like, two hours of running every single weekend. Imagine if I had to do four hours of running every single weekend. It's a lot of running. It's a lot of training. And I don't know how much I'd enjoy that. Especially if I'm working and I want to go out at the weekends. And, you know, I don't know. I feel like I would just want to focus on getting faster for the half marathon. If I could get the next one. Right. Okay. I'll make this packed. If my next half marathon I get to be one hour 30, then I'll do a marathon. Because I really want to do a marathon in under three hours. I don't know when or how I'd ever be able to do it. But like that would be such a goal of mine. I don't even know if it's possible. It is possible because I saw people running that speed um, when I went to go watch this year's London Marathon. And it was crazy fast. Maybe I could do it. I could definitely try. If I've got to take off half an hour... So let's say I ran the speed I ran for the half marathon for a full marathon. Which, you know that's probably unlikely because it's double and I'll get slower but I would need to run half an hour quicker to get it under three hours that's quite a lot quicker that's a lot of time I suppose over 23 miles that's nearly like a minute and a half faster every mile that's quite a lot quicker I've got some training to do. I'm trying to get faster and it's just not going very well. And I just find it tiring. I think this isn't my thing I've realised. I get so bored. I go in phases of exercising and I need to just stick with it this time. I need to not get bored. I just get bored and then I'm like, why am I even doing this? It's boring. And I need to not. I need to not let the ADHD side of my brain win because it's not It's not a good idea. What else have I got planned for this weekend? Oh my God, it's the Queen's Jubilee. No. It's the King's coronation this weekend and London's already so busy and I'm really not a fan. There's so many more people here. The tubes are rammed and I don't know what I'm going to do on Saturday or Sunday. Apparently people are already camping out, which this is Tuesday. By the time you've listened to this, all the madness will be over. But that's crazy to me that people are already camping out to see. Like, I just don't understand it. And London's going to be really busy. But I'm also on my own a lot this weekend. So I kind of need to plan some like little nice things. The girls are in the house. But everyone seems to have plans. So I need to make some plans myself. I really fancy taking myself to a coffee shop and journaling. Sounds silly. But I want to do like a goal setting thing. I want to set some goals. I want to kind of feel like I'm on top of things. And I'm kind of moving forward with everything. And so I think this would be a good thing for me to start. Good thing for me to go somewhere and do. I'd like pick a little cute coffee shop because I'm going to try and have a cheaper weekend because I spent a lot last weekend. We're not going to talk about it, but I spent quite a lot. And so it needs to be a cheap weekend this weekend. Um, And so I think I'd really like to do that. I think I'd really like to go to a coffee shop or something, you know? Oh, I found this new thing on TikTok as well. See, this is what I mean about how I actually really enjoy TikTok because now I'm getting suggested like TV shows. So I'm just watching like snippets of TV shows and it's great, but... 
Um, it was on the dinosaurs with David Attenborough and it looked right. I don't know if it looked really, it looked interesting, but I don't like the CGI. And that's a slight issue when you're learning about dinosaurs, because I'm sorry, they're not going to bring them back into existence for me, are they? Although it would be cool, but it's not going to happen. Me and Andrew were talking about how cool it would be to actually visit Jurassic Park. Like, imagine if you could actually visit Jurassic Park. Like, that was something you could actually go to. Like, especially Jurassic Park 3. I loved Jurassic Park 3. You know when the giant, like, shark thing comes out and it's like, and bites the thing on the top. That's so cool. I love that film. We've started watching Pirates of the Caribbean because I have never watched it. And I'm also loving that. Oh, this is meant to be the new things I've done this week. Okay, I'm going to tell you anyway. I'm really enjoying it. I've never watched them before and it's just time to go watch them. I think I'm in my film era at the moment, which is slightly worrying considering how much stuff I have to do. But I'm just enjoying films more than TV shows. I find they're less commitment than TV shows. TV shows, you have to give so much time to. You have to commit to watching it. Whereas a film, it's done and it's finished. But it is quite long and the films we've been picking recently have been lengthy films. So I think we need to just change that around a bit. But then then it'll all be good. Then I won't be going to bed super late. I'm trying to... My going to bed routine of getting to bed earlier worked excellently last week. I was on top of everything and I felt so much better. This week has not gone to plan. So I need to get better at it and I'm hoping I will be doing that this weekend. No, this week. Tonight is the first night I will try. Because last night I was just... It's when I end up calling my boyfriend and we chat and then I'm like, well, I don't really want to leave because it's like nice chatting to you. But equally, that's not the time to call for me. I need to call earlier. And so I just need to leave things earlier. I think I'm I'm not very good, I've realised, at cutting things off. I'm not good at talk, like leaving a film on time, leaving my phone on time, stopping doing work on time. I just get really caught up in things and I end up getting very distracted and then I end up just carrying on. And that kind of just pushes everything later and later and later and later. It means that I just end up cutting up into my sleep and I need to stop doing that. That's what I'll stop doing this week. That'll be my kind of this week's resolution of new things I'll do will be as soon as I get the inkling that I need to leave, then I will leave. Hopefully that'll help me get good sleep. Anyway, as we all know, last week's podcast took a little bit of a turn. Took a bit of a turn for a more of a more of a, how can I say, slightly, well, I only had two beers, so I wasn't even drunk. Oh, this is another thing. Since I've stopped drinking as much, my alcohol tolerance is pathetic. It's pathetic, people. It's embarrassing. I had one beer on Saturday. I didn't really eat much that day, but like, I ate, I ate food, but I didn't eat loads. I felt the beer. I felt it. I wouldn't normally feel it before, but I definitely felt it then. So that's been humbling. I need to not think I can drink as much as I used to be able to drink. But this week's podcast is going to be on chapters of closing before you're ready for them to close. Because it is something that I'm now thinking about in a much calmer mindset. And I feel like I'm much more accepting of it and kind of welcoming of it. Because in chapters closing before you're ready to them, it also indicates that changes are happening that are kind of uncontrollable but that's exciting uncontrollable change kind of means you're charging towards something new and it's going to be a big chapter in your life that's about to start you know and I think it can be hard but having this feeling happier in myself feeling calmer in myself kind of I think I think recognizing my emotions talking through it with you guys and then making sure I had a good weekend has made me feel so much calmer about everything and so much less anxious. And it's been a really, really good thing that I've decided to do. So this is why I feel like this week is the better time to do that type of content of like chapters closing before you're ready for them. Like things moving on when you weren't ready to move on. Because I feel like my mindset on it is less less negative, more kind of more positive, which is what we want the podcast to be. So anyway, on to the content part of this week's podcast. But if you don't subscribe already, then please, 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 oh, please press subscribe because we are at 3,565, which means we are only, quick maths, 35, 35, oh my God, I can't do maths, 435 subscribers away from 4,000. And that's so exciting. And I really, really want to get there by the end of the month. So please press subscribe so we can all get there and give a, give the 
podcast. Oh my God, I can't speak. I'm hungry, guys. I'm sorry. And give the podcast a little review. I would massively appreciate it. Anyway, on to the content part for this week's podcast. So today we're talking about chapters ending before you're ready for them to end. Or not necessarily that you weren't ready for them to end, but chapters ending without you getting that typical form of closure that you expect from a situation. And I think this is something that as I'm moving into new chapters, as chapters are ending, as I'm leaving my academic career, as I'm entering into the working environment, like professional world, as I'm getting settled in London, as I'm moving into these adult parts of my life I'm looking back on things that have happened relationships friendships careers dreams things that I wanted or thought I wanted in life and they've kind of fizzled away and I think it's important to talk about because I think so often these things in our life these big life experiences these big things that happen you expect that you're going to get a massive closing statement from them you think that everything in your life is going to end just as it began because these explosive things that happen these people you met along the way these dreams that you want ha- once had and put so much effort into kind of end up not always ending in that big closure type way I don't know how best to explain it other than having to move on from things that you don't necessarily get the choice in moving on from you know as if life kind of starts passing you by and it's something that I think is important to talk about because I do think there is an expectation especially in films and books obviously it would be really boring if things just fizzled out if you didn't get that final conversation if you didn't get that kind of big moment that happens in so many of these films and books and tv shows like it would be a boring reader or boring watcher I feel like it's kind of expected that that's what is the expectation but it's not really reality and I think when things are left unopened, no, when things are left unclosed, when it kind of feels like there wasn't that final moment, that kind of final conversation, final kind of get everything out in the open and you get all of your questions answered, when you don't have that moment, it can be really hard to gain clarity on the situation. And I think it can lead to you creating your own narrative surrounding that situation. It can lead to you, well, me, like creating these scenarios where I think this is the ideal conversation that's going to happen this is exactly what I'm expecting from it and you kind of end up creating that closure yourself through those imaginary scenarios which is great but I think it also leads you to create a narrative of what the experience was which can kind of be a little bit troublesome because it's literally based on your own thoughts feelings emotions and not necessarily based in facts now that doesn't mean that's a bad thing because I think in creating these like imaginary scenarios where you do get to kind of move on from things and you get to imagine how things ended and then you can move on you can provide yourself with that closure it enables you to before create that kind of moment for yourself it enables you to create that chapter's closing before you're ready for them to close but I think the danger in it is is that you can lead yourself to kind of run rampant with these imaginary scenarios because there's no real end goal to like cement them in do you know what I mean there's not a reality point in life where it happens you just can carry on creating these scenarios forever which means that these unopened points in your life these like relationships that have ended friendships that have ended career dreams things that have ended which didn't really have like a point where they were meant to end they just kind of fizzled out it can lead you kind of not actually getting that moment to say goodbye to kind of leave it in the past and I think that's the tricky thing is when you don't get closure from a certain thing it can be really hard to let go of. I think that's what I want to talk about today is like letting go of these situations that you don't get closure from because I think that can be that can be hard. And I think it's something I've noticed in myself is that I tend to cling on to things. I tend to cling on to I think I think because I feel like I feel like I feel everything very intensely. Like I feel every emotion very intensely and like I love the people around me so much. And when something does end, when something kind of stops that being there, then I almost cling on to it in a way because I feel like, well, is that bad to cling on to it though? I mean, I feel like all of these people, these dreams, these relationships, anything that does end when you don't get that specific clarifying moment of why it ended, they do end up staying with you kind of like ghosts of past relationship, ghosts of past people, because you don't ever say goodbye to them. So they end up kind of staying in your everyday existence. And I think that can be hard because when you, when it, let, let's say, okay, let's say the situation ended badly and you just were told to move on. You just have to move on from it and you just have to let it go because it's never going to end the way you expected it to end. It can lead those unsettling emotions to still remain with you and it can lead you to still get upset about things that were many, many years ago. Like things that happened so long ago, I can still find myself getting upset over them, but it's not like, 
it's a weird type of emotion because it's not necessarily like intense sadness because it all happens so long ago. It's not like that type of intense sadness. It's more of like a nervous anxiety about if it would ever happen, if that closure conversation would ever happen. And I find myself kind of creating those scenarios where it does happen and then kind of calming myself with it. But in reality, when I'm creating those imaginary scenarios, these narratives where I manage to create this final conversation or something, I'm bringing all of those kind of ghosts of people of my past who aren't in my life anymore. I'm bringing them into the present again. And you're not really letting yourself let go of them. I think when you find yourself hard, when you find these things hard to let go of, I think it also reflects in myself a need to control the outcome, a need to control how that thing ended. But the reality is is that you can't always control that outcome. And I think that's another really important thing that not a lot of people talk about is that, like I said, when things start and you have things that are massive influences in your life and then they end, you expect to be able to control the outcome of that. You expect to create this ideal in your life but it's not always going to play out that perfectly and that can be really hard and it can be really hard also to accept that that dream scenario that you created in your head, that final piece of closure, that is based on your own morals, your values, that kind of what you would do in that situation because you're controlling all of the characters when you're creating that narrative. You are, like, although you're imagining them saying those things to you, they're saying those things to you with your your brain in them. Do you know what I mean? Because you're creating them. It's your thoughts. So it's your entire ethics and morals and what you would want them to say in that moment. The reality is, is that that's not them. And I think this is why, moving on from things like when you don't get closure from a situation and creating these narratives... The thing that's dangerous about it is that then you convince yourself that that's how the narrative's going to play out. That's how the closure conversation would play out. And that it would be really great to have that closure conversation so that that thing that you've imagined could play out in real life. But the reality is, is that it probably would never happen that way. I was talking to my friend about this and we were talking about how closure, like creating these scenarios and creating the outcome and like, what would you say? But blah, 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 blah. If you actually got that moment to have that conversation with them, it wouldn't play out how you expect it to play out because would they actually say those things that you think they're going to say? Would they apologise for the things you want them to apologise for? Probably not. Because they've created their own narrative. They've created their own thing about how they think it ended. And so in creating these expectations on these conversations, the imaginary scenarios, I guess they do let you form that closure yourself, but you then can't expect that narrative to play out to the actual reality of the situation and I think it can leave you craving that conversation but that's dangerous because if you start craving that conversation if you start craving that closure ideal it might not end up like that and then you put yourself in scenarios where you think you're going to gain that situation you message the person say hey it'd be great to meet up and kind of gain some clarity on what happens but the reality is is that clarity conversation that you're craving isn't the one that's going to happen in your head And that can be really hard to accept because it can be really hard to accept that not everyone has the same values as you, not everyone has the same ethics and the ways they thought it happened and the narrative that goes around their head isn't going to be the same. Like not everyone has the same moral compass as you, which means that they're not going to apologise for the things that you think they should apologise for. Just like you're not going to apologise for the things that they think you should apologise for because you guys don't know what went wrong because it's been so long. And I think it's also really important to understand that no one owes you that conversation. That's been a tricky thing that I've been like grappling with because I feel like I'm very like, I feel like if someone did me something, like if someone did something wrong to me, if someone, doesn't sound right if someone did something wrong to me. Someone said did something bad to me or if I did something bad to someone else, I would, I would feel like I owed them an apology and I would want to clear the air there and I would want to make it like better. Maybe that's the people pleaser in me coming through though, but like I would always want to make that better. And I feel like not everyone has that, but also that doesn't mean that they owe you it. And you can't, people don't owe you anything. And I think that's the really tricky thing to kind of get your head around, feeling like people owe you an explanation. They owe you what happened. They don't. And it's hard to grapple with. That's been something that's been kind of tricky as I've been getting older and realizing when things haven't ended how I expected them to end realizing that they don't owe me an explanation no one owes you anything no one owes you that final conversation that you're craving no one owes you the answers to the questions you're wanting and they particularly don't owe you the answers you're expecting and I think this also comes from the 
kind of need to control everything is because you think that everyone owes you something, everyone owes you an explanation to all of your questions because if they owe you it, then you can kind of control the outcome. But I think this is why it's really important and why we're talking about today and giving that closure to yourself, allowing yourself to move on from things without holding other people to it because you can't you can't make someone answer in the way you want them to answer. You can't make something end perfectly. You can't change someone else's actions. And I think it's dangerous to think that you can because then you put yourself in scenarios and let's say you do have that closure conversation and you ask them those questions and they don't react how you expect them to go react. You are opening yourself up to so much more potential hurt from a situation that you've already healed from, from a situation that you don't even care about anymore. The only reason you're questioning it, the only reason you're wanting it is because you need to see them that one time to be in your mind that, okay, I said goodbye to them then. But that's not real life and that doesn't what really happens. People end up fizzling out and things don't start as they, things don't end as they started. And this is why I think it is really important to be able to give yourself that closure from a situation, to be able to tell yourself to move on and teach yourself that what happened isn't a reflection on you. And also to be able to understand what happened, to look back on a scenario where things didn't go to plan, where you fell out with someone who was really close to you and you never spoke again. And that was it. But allowing yourself to move on from something like that, allowing yourself to move on from that type of scenario is really important because I think... And I think there's a beauty in it. I think there's a beauty in allowing yourself to move on, allowing things to pass because it shows you the transience of life, how things do pass you by. I think that's a scary thing with closure, with like having to move on some scenarios that you don't necessarily feel like you had that final conversation for. I think it's scary because it makes you realise how things don't always go to plan, how life does pass you by days keep coming you fall asleep you wake up you fall asleep you wake up and all of a sudden now we're in may do you know what i mean we're halfway through the year life passes you by life moves on you move on and i think and i think there's a beauty in that because it pushes you on it pushes you forward it pushes you kind of to the next stages in life it means that you're not constantly stagnant you're constantly moving forward and that's not a bad thing if we were constantly stagnant, staying in these same points in our lives, then it would be so miserable. It would not be the life that we wanted. It wouldn't be filled with the excitement. You'd never get to meet new people, experience new things. You wouldn't get to live your life learning all of the lessons that you've learned so far. And I think that's why moving forward and recognising the time difference that's happened between you and the scenario and then giving yourself that closure, allowing yourself to move on from it is really, really important. I think the way that you can give yourself closure from these types of scenarios, and we've all experienced them, Everyone I know has had some type of interaction with another person which once meant so much to them and ended in a really kind of like unimpressionable way. It's kind of similar to, you know, when you see these videos on TikTok at the moment, it's like ending my degree on a random Tuesday in my living room. And it's like, things end. Things end not in the ways that you think they're going to end. Things end not with these big final celebrations that you so associate with them. And I think when things do mean so much to you in your life, that can be hard to grapple with. Because you do expect them to end in this kind of big kind of moment. You expect it to be something incredible or influential or life-changing because all of the films and the books and everything tell us this, that our lives are marked by these massive occasions but the reality is things flow in and out. You can't control the people that come into your life and you can't control when they leave. You can't control that part of life. And I think that's scary sometimes because when you think about the people that are in your life, then the thought of them leaving at just any random point is terrifying. The thought that you can't actually control when they're there with you, you can't control when they're gonna leave is really scary. But that's why it's really important to be able to give yourself closure from these situations because you can't control when people stay and when people leave. You can't. You think you can. You think you're going to be able to make this perfect outcome that you're expecting. You think it's going to end with this final conversation where you discuss all of your issues. But it's not. It's not. Like, that's not... Some might happen. I'm not saying this is all because I know some people, like, you maybe do have this final conversation where you get to get everything out and everything. But the reality is, is that that often doesn't happen. Often things are left unsaid. Questions, answers, you don't get everything. You don't get all of the knowledge. But that's okay. Because you learn to live without it. You learn to kind of move on and grow and understand why it was an important moment in your life. And you understand the lessons that you learned from it. And you also understand that kind of, the chapter ended because all of the lessons that you could have learned from that situation are over. 
And you also understand that it ended because if you'd have stayed any longer, then it would have caused you more hurt. I think about this a lot. This is something my sister said to me has really stuck with me for like, and she probably literally said it as a passing comment. And it's something that's really stuck with me for so long. It's like, when something doesn't work out, when you don't manage to do something, you just have to trust that there's a reason why that didn't happen. Maybe that outcome would have caused you more pain. And I think about this a lot in things when it didn't end how you expected them to, in things where I feel regret, where I feel like I didn't get to do something and I really regret how it all ended or I regret what I didn't do. I think about it more in scenarios where I regret what I didn't do. Little silly things like everyone else went into the pool and I didn't go in the pool or blah, 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 blah. And I just think back to what she said and it was kind of in a totally unrelated matter, but she was like, when you didn't do something, but now you're looking back and you regret not doing it, try not to regret it too much because there was a reason in that moment that you didn't do it. There was a reason when that all ended that you didn't cling on for that closure conversation, that you didn't make it happen. And maybe it was because you couldn't hack. And now I think about it now and it's like, maybe because it's couldn't, you couldn't hack that extra pain right there and then. And years away, when you kind of remove from the situation, the pain has dulled and you've kind of you're grappling with the fact that you didn't make that end conversation happen. You didn't make it all work in the way that you thought it should have worked. You've got to give yourself kind of the love and the understanding that it's, you couldn't have hacked that then. And it's okay for you to say you could hack it now, but you have to be compassionate to your younger self who couldn't do that then. It's okay that they couldn't do that. It's okay that they couldn't organize that. It's okay that that wasn't something that they could go to. But that equally doesn't mean that that's something you should do now. I don't necessarily, I don't, like, I think sometimes, obviously, this is very personal on the relationship that you're talking about. And I think it's personal on the kind of the way you're feeling about something. And if you have serious questions that need answering, they're like, do your own thing. This isn't really about that. But this is about something that kind of just fizzled out. And it just kind of ended on a random day, on a random week. And it's just like, that's, that's the end of something that meant a lot to you. And it didn't end in the way you expected it to. And I think often, as I said, it can lead to you feeling like there's ghosts of these people around you because you don't really have a reason for them not to be there anymore. Like they're still technically there, but they're not there. But there's no, there's so many unanswered questions. I guess this is growing up though, isn't it? As you get older and you meet more people and you make more meaningful relationships, people aren't going to stay with you forever. People aren't going to be there. Your best friend now might not be your best friend in 10 years, which means you're going to have more of these people that you've met along the way and I guess they shape you into the person you are today because their pieces of advice their wisdom the things that they taught you those are going to stay with you those lessons that you have and I think you find comfort in that although you didn't get the closure conversation that you wanted to get you find comfort in the fact that you got those lessons from them and the closure that you can give to yourself is knowing that you had learned everything now you had learned everything and in that moment it was too painful to rehash everything in the moment, it was too painful to ask any more questions. This piece of relation advice where it was like, only ask the questions that you really want them to know the answers to has been so influential in my life. Like one of the questions for this week's podcast, and I kind of didn't think about all of these quotes, but it's like, what's a quote that's been really important in your life? And that has been something that's been so key in my life. It's like, don't ask questions when you don't want the answer, when you're not mentally prepped for the answer. Don't ask questions just because you think you want to know. Ask questions when you know you're ready for the answer because some answers could floor you and you might not be in the headspace to know them. I mean, also, I'm super nosy, so I feel like I just want to know straight away and then just deal with the outcome later, but I don't think that's, like, the healthiest. I think you've got to recognise that some answers aren't going to give you that closure that you want. Do you know what I think it is also? It's this idea that having that final conversation, speaking to those people, being able to go over everything that happened wouldn't bring you a sense of peace. You're giving that ability to gain peace from a situation to someone else, but the reality is the only person that can give you that peace from a scenario is yourself. You're the only one who can make something okay. You're the only one that can accept something. Someone telling you a list of answers to something is not going to suddenly make you accept a situation. At some point, you just have to let things go. You have to accept that it didn't work out the way you wanted it to work out. You have to accept that it's not gone the way you thought it was going to go, but that that's okay. And I think you gain closure and acceptance from a situation when you realise the things that you did gain from it, when you realise how much has changed and how much you've grown and how much you've learned. And I think, as I said, 
the fact that you don't get closure, the fact that time has passed, shows you how you're pushing forward into new things. And I think, I think I'm thinking about this more and more as I'm about to enter this new chapter. And I really do feel like, I feel like I'm about to change chapter numbers, you know? Like, I feel like I had my education chapter, like I had my uni one, and then I had my kind of year at home and master's year. I feel like that was a culminate, that was a real clump year, like time frame for me because I learned so much about myself. I've spent more time on my own these past two years than I've ever spent before. Like, I've really, I've really got to know myself, the things I'm still sad about, the things that still bother, like still, things that still bother me. And... I think as I enter into this next chapter, this kind of working life and plowing forward with my life and entering into the adult world and feeling like I'm in control of what's going on, it's time for me to let go of this expectation that that conversation is ever going to happen. It's time for me to let go of this expectation that I'm going to get those answers that I want to get. Because I think it all comes down to is you want people to apologise. You want people to apologise for what happened. You want them to say sorry. You want to tell them that they are sorry for what happened but that that's not realistically what might happen and I think it's important to know that that in these situations where you have to move on from something which you don't necessarily get closure from where you don't get that final conversation it's important to note that that final conversation might not have actually given you the closure that you're expecting it to that final conversation might not have given you the peace and so it is possible for you to give you that, give yourself that peace. As these chapters move forward and as I feel like September is a month that everyone always associates with new beginnings because of the school year. Like for me, it's never January. It's always September. September is the new beginning month. Summer, as I've said this in so many podcasts, summer is my transition period of life. All good things. Like I feel like each of my summers have been marked by something huge happening, something major or some life experience that was just, a totally like different thing and I think especially when you live in like because I live in a seaside town like the summers are so much fun that they're always marked by something big and I think as I enter into the summer and I'm enter entering this like this new period it's time for me to let go of these things and give myself that peace and I think that just comes with time I think it comes with time and acceptance and thinking these things through and I think it's strange isn't it how you play those conversations over and over in your head like what would I say if I saw them what would I say? Like, what? And I come up with this, like, absolutely incredible script line. Like, I picture what they're going to say back to me. And I just have these, like, things that I would say that are incredible. But in that moment, would I say those things? No. And I think it's all about protecting your peace. Realising that those closure conversations are going to cause you so much emotional, like, ugh. Is it worth it? Is it really worth it? Are you going to get those answers that you are craving? Probably not. I think it's more important to preserve your peace in those scenarios and realising that the real closure that you're craving comes from yourself. It comes from within. It comes from accepting that those things happen to you, but that they don't reflect anything on you. And that's something to do with them. And you'll never know why. You'll never know the answers. You'll never know everything that had happened. It's almost like I want to sit in people's brains get all the answers to my questions, not actually interact with them, get the answers and then leave and like them never know I was there, you know? I just want to be like, why did you do this? And blah, 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 blah. But then it would lead to more questions and then more answers and like it would be a never ending thing, would it? So it wouldn't really work. And that's why I think this need to know, this need to get those, get those answers, find that conversation, make it happen. It's not there and you just have to accept it. And it's really hard. It's so hard to accept when things don't go to plan. But it's something that I'm really trying to get better at. And I think it's realising that things are in your life for a period of time. I think about this more to do with Sylvia in the sense of like, I feel sad that I never got to meet her. That I never got to, like we spoke, we made so many plans and we'd always speak about these plans. But I never got to meet her. I never got to have that final conversation our conversation ended on a random Tuesday and like I tried calling her again the next week and she didn't pick up and then I'd try all throughout summer and she didn't pick up and then like six months later I got a card through the post telling me that she passed away and I was like sometimes things just end they just end and that's life you can't control when people come in and out you just have to get satisfaction from knowing 
that they were in your life from a period and the lessons that you learned from that period of your life. Like I think about the things that I learned from my conversations with her and it really was just like grab every opportunity and see the joy in everything. Make sure that you have stories to say when I'm 80 and I'm speaking to someone because she had so many stories to say. And I think about even when things end ba- ended badly, kind of trying to be more grateful for the experience. And then I think that allows you to better accept when things have ended because you're grateful to have learned that. But you can also recognise that if it had continued any more, you might have got even more hurt, you know? I don't know if this has made sense. I feel like it hopefully has. I guess the final thing, the thing I'm trying to say to you all is that when you don't get closure from the situation, when things don't end as you expected them to end, that's because you were protecting yourself in that instant because you couldn't have that conversation in the moment, okay? So stop feeling regretful that you didn't get to have that final conversation and start feeling more compassion towards yourself that you managed to get through it and that you're in a good place now to be able to have that conversation but realizing that that conversation might not have given you the clarity you're expecting and so realistically you have to give it to yourself I think it's hard it is hard and this is the thing it's hard to explain this without giving real life evidence scenarios but I'm not going to do that because you know (laughs) don't want to expose myself too much (laughs) but I think it's hard when you're thinking back I'm thinking back on like memories that I have and it's hard to know that those memories happened And then those memories with those people just kind of fizzled out. And or that those memories have ended. Those people in my life aren't here anymore. And they're people that I once loved so much. And now they're just existing in the world somewhere. They're just doing their own thing. And the thing is, they probably don't even think about me anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, these are people from school, you know? Like, this is years and years and years and years and years and years and years. So long ago. Like, I'm probably, you're probably not, I guess that's the other thing, isn't it? It's giving yourself the, allowing yourself to move on from things and also realising that maybe you're not, that that they're not even thinking about it anymore. And so you shouldn't be either. But I think it's a work in progress. And I think it's definitely something that as you get older, you get better at doing. And I also think it's okay to recognise there's always going to be unanswered questions. There's always going to be things that you don't get the answers to. Life isn't a script. Life isn't perfect. You create this ideal scenario where you know the answers to everything and everything works out in the dream scenario, but that's not reality. That's not what happens. Life is life. Everyone has their own agendas. Not everyone's agenda is in line with yours. Not everyone has the same morals and ethics and thinks about things the same way you do. And so sometimes you just have to give yourself that compassion and the love to allow yourself to move on from something. Allow yourself to let something go. And I really think the biggest thing in this is time. Because in time you can look back on scenarios and realise how bad something was for you. And it can be something that you then recognise how unbeneficial that final conversation would be. If that makes sense. But if you are struggling with letting things go from people, from dreams, from careers. Letting things go from scenarios or people that once meant so much to you. Write down their name, write down, I'm making this up on the spot, but this is what I would do, I'd write down their name, and I'd write down three things that they taught you, three lessons that you learn, I'd write down your favourite memory of them, and then write out, then write out why it didn't work, three things that you struggled with in that relationship, and then write down the reason why it fizzled out, why ultimately it happened, And I think now you have a plan, you have a reason as to what happened, who they were, why it was great and why you feel sad about it, but also why it didn't work. And then I think the final thing I guess to write out would be now in your life, what lessons did you learn from that experience that you now implement every day? What did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about other people? Because everybody teaches us something. And sometimes things don't end the way we expect them to end, but that doesn't mean they didn't teach us something. It doesn't mean they didn't teach us something that we utilise every single day. And it could be when something doesn't work out well, when something bad happens, that we learn something from that. It doesn't always have to be good things. It could have taught you the type of person that you value. It could have taught you what you want to search for in a relationship. It could have taught you the type of friends you want to surround yourself with, you know? These don't always have to be good lessons that they teach you. They could always be things you want to avoid. 
But I think in having this map, this kind of step-by-step process of what someone taught you, recognising why it didn't work, and then also recognising what you learned from that situation, you have that closure conversation with yourself. You give yourself that final conversation. And it's okay to come back to this final conversation over and over, and it's okay to read it back and back and back, but by giving yourself those answers that you want to happen, I think it brings more of a sense of peace. I think actually meeting with the person just brings up so much more emotion. It rips the band-aid off and it like, band-aid, I'm not American. It rips off the plaster and all of a sudden a wound that you thought you'd healed from is no longer healed and you have to go through it all again. But if you get to have that conversation with yourself, it's not quite ripping the plaster off. You're bandaging it up a little bit more and you're letting it heal properly. And then eventually you'll stop thinking about it. Eventually you'll think about it less and less and less and you'll realise you don't think about it anymore. And then I guess the bandage will fall off on its own time. I think that's a good way to think about chapters closing before you're ready for them to close or having to gain closure from a scenario that you don't actually get gained closure from. And that's not always a bad thing because it means that the bandage can fall off in its own time. It's not ripped. It means that you can heal. And I think that's really important. But anyway, on to the questions for this week's podcast. Okay, on to the question part of this week's podcast, which is going to be a little bit unrelated to the content, but I feel like I almost like the questions maybe when they're not as related. I feel like it makes the podcast more interesting, you know? Okay, first one. Oh God, we're starting off with a, have you ever cheated? You've got to be honest. Guys, no. Who do you think I am? No, I have not cheated. In combination with that, who was the last guy that I tested? My boyfriend, obviously, uh, or my dad. But no, I think it was my boyfriend because my dad ignored my phone call. Dad, if you're listening, not that you ever listen, please pick up next time because we haven't spoken in a while. Okay, next one. What was your favourite show when you were a kid? What kid are we talking? Because I was a Disney Channel child through and through. Although, do you know what popped up on my TikTok the other day? Do you remember that show that was spelled... I can't speak today. Do you remember that show that was set in Australia? And it was like a guy and a girl and they were maybe like 13, 14 and they were best friends and he definitely like had a bit of a crush on her and she had blonde hair, he had brown hair. They wore like checkered uniform. That show, I loved that show. I watched it all the time. I also, I feel like I liked everything. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't really... I never really got into cartoons. Scooby-Doo I liked. Basically, I liked things that kind of like grounded in real life. So I feel like, like exciting things like that. Like if it was a funny thing, it needed to have some sort of storyline, you know? Like it needed to have something going on. And I feel like that's why I never really got into it. Like maybe SpongeBob did have a storyline and like The Simpsons obviously do. But I kind of found, I never really got into those ones. I way more got into kind of like... Wizards of Waverly Place type things. Hannah Montana. I loved Hannah Montana. My mum, how this is so embarrassing. One year I asked for a microphone for my birthday with a speaker. And my auntie that year for my birthday also got me like she made me a folder filled with all song lyrics in and like decorated it all. And I would spend my days singing for in my entire family all of the Hannah Montana songs. That, why, my parents love for me to buy me a microphone so I could sing at the top of my voice, especially considering I can't really sing. Like, guys, you didn't need to do that. That was really, you went above and beyond there because that, that, that's dedication, especially when you're giving like, oh. Okay, next one. Tips on exam stress. (sighs) Okay. It is exam season and I probably will do a podcast on exam stress in the next couple of weeks. Maybe next week's podcast will be on exam stress. I think that's a good idea. I want to do the next two podcasts on exam stress and also on body image and yourself version, like like how you think about yourself. Anyway, but my tips on exam stress would be, you'll hear more about this next week, but take a deep breath and realise it's not the be all and end all. I think that made me so much more stressed than I needed to be, realising that it's not make or break, that you will be okay regardless of what happens. Second thing is realising that whatever you get, that is a reflection on your abilities and that allow you to pursue and achieve the things that you should pursue and achieve in life, the things that you should go forward and do. So 
when you thrive at different things that will indicate that that's what you want to do or when you enjoy things outside of school and that's what you really want to do then those are the things you should pursue you should pursue the things that make you really happy I failed at chemistry but I just no I did well at GCSE and then I took a level as you all know hated it failed at it and I'm so glad I did because I shouldn't have pursued that. I hated it. And I'm not saying if you love things, but you're bad at things, you shouldn't go forward with them. What I'm saying is when you hate something and you are bad at something, probably shouldn't pursue that. Probably shouldn't pursue that. Because I also think when you don't like something, it comes through in the grade because you're going to spend less time studying it. You're not going to spend the amount of time doing it. So I think realising that these are only grades, they're numbers on their numbers. No, they're letters. Oh, wait, maybe they are numbers for you. Am I that old now? Maybe I am. They're letters slash numbers. I don't really know what they are now. On a page. They don't determine your self-worth. You were worth something before them. You were worth so much after them. It's nothing to do with you as a person, first off. Second thing, there's life outside of the grades. You will do incredible things. You will have an incredible life, regardless of what you get. And then kind of like thirdly, realising that they're grades to make sure that you can pursue the things that you want to do. If you do badly in something and you don't enjoy it, then you shouldn't be pursuing that, you know? It, it's got to be stuff that makes you happy. It's got to be stuff that makes you feel great. And those things probably don't. Okay, let's go on to the next questions. How do you, how do you embrace who you are physically? Hmm. I think my relationship with myself and how I look has really improved over the past couple of months. I think I went through a phase of just being like, ew. And now I like how I look and I'm proud of who I'm becoming. And I think I think you find the things that make you feel like you look great and it's personal to you. It's silly things like for me, it's taking the time to like do my fringe because I, I like how it looks when I have it done. I like how it looks when I blow dry it and I take the time to blow dry my hair and doing things like that has made me feel more confident in my skin. Giving my, allowing myself to have the time to look after myself. I think that's how you slowly but surely become more comfortable in your skin is because you get to then spend more time with yourself. And I also think, I remember listening to this podcast and I can't remember who it was, but their therapist told them, something oh, else I can help with? Oh, no, Siri, go away. Um, and their thing was, like, every morning when you get out of the shower, stand in front of a mirror naked. Stand in front of the mirror, set a timer, and you have to look at yourself for two and a half minutes, or five minutes if you have time, but I don't have that much time in the morning, two and a half minutes. You just have to look at yourself. And I would always be, like, really quick getting changed, and I like, just not really spend any time looking at myself ever especially not after the shower but I think when you start to look at your body and you get more used to how your body looks you start to embrace your body more because you realize all the things that it's doing for you and I think also a really good transition that's happened in my mind is transitioning away from like the value in how my body looks into the value of what my body does and it's not then solely based on like its attraction and like the way that it looks and the different things that it does and whether or not it fits into trends and whether or not it's stereotypically like beautiful by society standards. It's now based on like sport has made me realise how much my body does for me. I'm so grateful that my body is able to let me run and I'm able to go lift things in the gym and I can fight diseases and I can learn new things and I can write a dissertation. Do you know what I mean? My body lets me do that. And I think it's also coming to like corresponds with my new kind of interest. I think I've been saying kind of load, sorry. My new proactiveness in making sure I feed my body nutrients and I think it's also come from me starting to see my body. This sounds so strange, but I've started to see my body as a plant. It's a little plant, a little flower. And doing the things every single day to make the little flower grow, to like make my plant grow, you know? And the plant is the body here. Because if I forget to treat myself as something I need to look after, then I tend to just put myself like, set, like I don't focus on doing things like that. But as soon as I start to see myself as like, a little plant that needed looking after. I'm so much more proactive and be like, I need to drink water today. I need to make sure that I'm eating nutritious food. 
I need to make sure that I'm having some movement in my day. I'm going for a walk. I'm going to the gym, going for a run, whatever your movement is. It doesn't matter. Some form form of movement. I need to try and meditate every day to give myself a sense of calm. And I try and read every day to make myself like, I love reading and it's kind of like a form of escape. And I think this is something that has really helped me transition my view of myself and helped me embrace myself because it's let me kind of look at myself more subjectively. Is that what I mean? Or do I mean more objectively? I'm not sure which one I mean. I mean one of them. It's allowed me to view myself with a bit of distance. And in viewing myself with a distance, it's allowed me to embrace who I am because I kind of see who I am and I see what I look like and I see what makes me happy and I start to realise all that my body does for me. And I think that's that's made me embrace myself physically. And I think it's also interesting when I was in past relationships, I didn't feel like confident with my body at all. I didn't like it. I didn't, I didn't like having photos taken or anything like that. And the change I've now seen, like, I love having my photo taken. I don't mind, like, I'm happy and it feels good. And I think this is the thing. It's like helped me embrace my body by embracing who I am and realizing that my value doesn't come from my body that my body is something to look after. Like it's a vessel for me to live life in. And I think that's important to remember when you're trying to embrace who you are physically. Okay, we'll do one more question and then we better move on to the new things I've done this week. What do you currently use for motivation? And okay, we're going to clump this together with best, deepest quote that stayed with you. I think... You know, I don't know if I have a specific quote that's always stayed with me. I have a lot of things that are going around in my mind right now about different motivational things that kind of help me go. But I think what I currently use for motivation is one step forward. Just one step forward. Just keep going. I heard a quote yesterday and it was like, even a thousand mile journeys start with one step. Maybe that's a really good quote that stuck with me. It stuck with me for the past four days but I think it'll stick with me for a while in that everywhere has to start somewhere and that somewhere where you start might be small, but at least you started, you know? And when I have big projects on, like I started my disc, that's intimidating and that's quite terrifying. Applying for jobs, that's quite scary. Working out my future is, that is also quite scary, but the first step is thinking about it. Every 1,000 mile journey starts at the step and I think that's helped me kind of stay motivated because it's realising that I'm on this journey, I'm going forward and I'm doing everything I can and I'll stay motivated even if it's just one step because one step's better than no steps. At least you're moving forward that way anyway. But anyway, let's move on to the new things I've done this week. So on this week's new weeks, I've done new things I've done this week, sorry. I went to the new exhibition at the Tate and it was incredible and brilliant and I loved it and I think you're all going to love it too. I wouldn't recommend going when I went. It was very busy, very, very busy. And I think I spoke to you guys about, I don't know if I spoke to you guys about this, but yeah, it was very busy. It, I went on a bank holiday weekend on the second Saturday it had opened and that was a bad idea. Go in the week if you can go, but it was brilliant and I really liked it. Although, just so you know, I think it's the Clint exhibition. Clint and Montessori, I can't remember. Sorry guys, but just search on um, the Tate's website because if you're 16 to 25, you can get a five pound ticket. Also, did you guys know the, the Lates at the Tate? I didn't know about them. Basically, every last weekend of each month, the Tate do these late things where they do different like exhibitions and they have different free talks on and everything. And I really want to organise like a You've Got Mail meetup type things where we go to these things together because I always want to go to them, but sometimes my friends are busy and I'm like, I feel like you guys would want to go too. And then we can all go together. Maybe that would be a good idea because also it's all free. So it'll be fine. Um, other new things I've done this week, as I said, in my film era, watch Hidden Figures on Disney. Disney has a great selection of films and I'm really glad I got the Disney subscription. I think it's better than Netflix and Prime. Mm, maybe not Prime. Prime also has good. I think Netflix is a bit dead now. I think I've watched all of the good things on Netflix. I'm not going to lie. It, although it does have working mums and we all know how I feel about that. It's one of my favourite programmes. And we're in the final season. 
and I'm sad about it. But I haven't really been binge watching it recently, which is surprising. I feel like I will this weekend when I'm on my own. But as I said, Hidden Figures on Disney Plus, that's brilliant. And the other things that I've been watching, oh yeah, Pirates of the Caribbean, as we all know. And I think that's about it for things that I've been watching. Things I've been reading, I started that book, My Sister's a Serial Killer. It's so good. It's really, really good. I nearly bought it when I was going to Bali. And I'm so glad I didn't because I would have read it literally within three days. It's really addictive to read and it's so easy to read. Like, I feel like the language just like flows off the page and it's like really absorbing. I'm really, really, really enjoying it. I got it in my local library. So I'm sure it's at all of your guys' local libraries as well. I feel like it's more conversational than A Passage, to, than a passage North. I don't know why I said A Passage to India. I feel like that's another book. Um... But yeah, it's more conversational than that, which I'm enjoying. It's a nice kind of, it it feels like an easier read, you know? It's just easy to read. It's not super complicated, but the storyline's really gripping. And it it isn't super gory either. I mean, it might be. I am only 60 pages in. And it's also not super long, and I like that. I feel like I picked two short books this week, and it's good. I'm trying to read more, and I need to hit my total amounts of books read. I want to read 12 books by the end of the year. And I think, how many am I on now? I read Little Women, oh, I'm on three. I think I need to be on five. I need to read some short books. You'll just find me reading, like, Finding Nemo. Although I bet that's not even short. But there's so there's so many things that happen in that film. I've gone so off track. I'm so sorry. Um, other new things that I have done this week are... That's about it. I can't lie. By the time you listen to this, I will hopefully have planned something lovely this weekend. I think I want to go and explore Hackney. I've never explored Hackney before and I want to go and I'm trying to avoid the crowds and I think because everyone will be in Central, I need to go somewhere out of Central, so I might go to Hackney. I'm also, I'm in my pub era. I am, basically, I'm gone into summer. I keep being like, I'm in my working out era, my pub era. I'm just in my doing my things that make me happy era and I think that I like this era. I'm not super strict with everything. I'm working out, but I'm not going to limit ever what I eat. I'm never going to be like, no, don't go to the pub because we're trying to be healthy. I like going to the pub. It's fun. I like hanging out with my friends and having a laugh. You don't even have to drink if you're at the pub. Like, there's no pressure. It's just a fun place to be with people. And I really enjoy it. I'm not really in my clubbing era at the moment. I feel like I've transitioned a bit out of that since coming to London. Maybe it's just because it's so expensive. And I don't feel super mega safe in London. So I don't really do things like that. I more go to like bars and clubs. No, bars and pubs. Um, but hopefully I'm going to a festival in at the end of May and that'll be really, really fun. And then I think I will go out in Manchester. I love going clubbing in Manchester because I feel so safe and I always have a really good time. And especially because like Louis working in it all now. So hopefully we can get guest passes, which would be incredible. But... Thank you for listening. I should let you get on with your day because I've literally kept you here for long enough. I hope you're okay and whatever you're doing, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for revising. I'm proud of you for working. I'm proud of you for taking a break in your day to give yourself a bit of time to relax by hearing my long rambles. (laughs) If you don't already, make sure that you're following me on Instagram and on TikTok at you've got mail underscore podcast. No, you've got mail underscore pod. Sorry, that was misleading. I really want to hit 60k by the end of the month. So spread the news, people. You've got mail needs to grow rapidly. And make sure you're subscribing to the podcast. Click that little link button in the top. It really helps more people find me. And it also means that when I'm trying to supply these metrics to different brands who want to collaborate with the podcast, sponsor the podcast, that helps me massively, 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 massively. It's hard to gauge by the listenership um, because it's just like a number. So you don't know if some of you really love the podcast and just listen over and over again, or if there's actually loads of you listening on different, um, different episodes. So it honestly really helps. But thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. And I love you. And I'll speak to you next week, hopefully on maybe exam stress, maybe loving yourself because I feel like I'm in my self-love era at the moment and it's going so good. I love how different this is to last week's podcast, but maybe you have to hit rock bottom to go up. Maybe now we're on the way up, which is exciting. But anyway, I love you and I'll speak to you soon. Bye.